0: This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. So we're continuing this morning with our series on wisdom, Solomon's wisdom, God's wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And I've really been enjoying this series. And judging by your feedback in all sorts of different ways, and the small groups, and life groups, different things, you are enjoying this as well. And uh, so how's it going? Are you feeling really wise? You know, is it, is it kind of working really well? I think, yeah, I, you, probably I would have done that a few weeks ago, but since this series has started, I know what to do. Well, you might be different to me, but I know I'm not the finished article. But I'm working on it. And it's good that we can take the wisdom that God has. And uh, I love the thought that I I said a few weeks ago that God is actually setting us up to succeed. Not to struggle, not to fail, but to succeed. So God's wisdom is available to us. We need to access it and then apply it and see what God does. So I would encourage you to keep on spending time in the book of Proverbs. See what God says. It's amazing how God will speak directly into situations right where you are, right in the real world, exactly what you're doing, God will speak into that for sure. We just have to listen, we just have to be open, God speaks into those situations. So that's really good to know. And by God is making that wisdom available, available to us. Now we know that in the book of Proverbs, the writer is continually contrasting wise and foolish. Not in a, in a in a way that we say, there are foolish people and wise people, but as as it was illustrated to us, it's about that we decide to make wise decisions. We've all made mistakes, we've all made foolish decisions, I guess, you might be the exception, but those of us who are honest would say that we've made mistakes. So the wisdom says, I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to learn from what God says and I'm going to apply that to my life. So The wisdom is that we are active, that we keep working for God, that we keep serving God. And we don't allow anything to stop us serving God. We don't let any obstacle, however big it might be, get in the way. We are determined to live for Jesus, serve God. And as we learn more about God... And as we become more like him, that's not just in a, that's not a passive thing, that's a very active thing. That we actively live out this wisdom, live out these qualities that we see in God that we want to emulate for ourselves. So the, there's the contrast that Solomon makes in the book of Proverbs. And I just want to pick out a couple of scriptures this morning. And uh, I can honestly say I've never preached on this this particular verse before. And I've been preaching um, for many years. I have a break, you know, you're not here for many years. Yeah, okay. Um, and in Proverbs 22, 13, sometimes it sounds really funny to me. But for some reason, not for you. Aren't. Proverbs twenty-two thirteen. this is what Solomon says. The lazy person claims there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. Now that seems quite a weird kind of verse, right? The lazy person says, there's a lion out there. There's a lion walking up and down my street. I'm not going out. The door's bolted, locked. I'm staying here. I'm not going out because if I go out, I might be killed. The lazy person says, I am going to stay indoors. I'm not going to go out there. Now, it might seem a bit harsh that Solomon's calling that person lazy because they're staying indoors. And because it would, to me, seem to be the sensible thing. Now, you may often have lions walking up and down your street. I don't know where you live, but uh, that doesn't generally happen where I live. But uh, if there was such a thing, you would probably take evasive action phone the police or, or whatever, and phone a lime tamer, tamer if you know one, get someone along to deal with the situation. <laughs> so you would do that. You, you, you would do that. Now, a friend of mine, Simon Jarvis, who's a pastor in Gloucester, a couple of weeks ago, I, I follow him on, on Twitter, and he tweeted, he tweeted this. He said, warning, cow on the loose in Corny Hill, Gloucester. <laughs> so I retorted, Simon, are you bored? And he he replied, it's rare rare in these parts to see a cow on the loose in a housing estate being chased by a policeman. (laughs) So, to be fair, it's a bit unusual. But a cow on the loose, perhaps, but a lion in the street. The reality of it is, this lazy person was just finding an excuse not to do something. And have you found that if you don't want to do something, you'll find a reason, an excuse not to do it? But what a shame that is when there's a call of God on on your life and on my life to live for him, to be effective for him, to be active for him, to serve him, that we would allow things to stop us to get in the way. The lazy person says, there's a lion out there. I'm not going out. I might be killed. It's rare to see that. You know, fear is a reasonable emotion, isn't it? Fear is a reasonable emotion. Fear actually protects us and prevents us from being harmed. If you're afraid of the fire, you don't put your hand into the fire. That that, that makes sense, so that protects you. We teach our children, don't touch that. It's hot. You will be harmed if you do that. Don't walk on the M65 because you get knocked over. And so... Fear of the traffic or the fire or whatever, it's sensible, it makes sense. But how sad it is when we allow fear to prevent us to be all that God's called us to be. That fear becomes this huge obstacle that gets in the way of us serving Jesus. We just don't kind of take that step. We're kind of anxious. Well, God said this, but I'm I'm reticent because I'm nervous. I'm I'm worried. I I might look silly. It might not work out. But, you know, we've got to take those steps. And say, God, if this is what you're calling me to, I'm not going to miss it. If this is what, what you're saying about my life, I'm going for it. And I actually believe there's a call of God on each and every Christian's life. You are called to live for him, to live well, to live right, to live as a good example, to have the values that God has, to stop doing the things that everyone else does and start living right and living for Jesus. That's the calling on our lives and we mustn't allow fear or even laziness to get in the way of being all that God's called us to do. The lazy person says, there's a lion out there. (laughs) I'm not going to go outside, I might be killed. Laziness is the problem. It can be an excuse for inactivity. I was just thinking about this scripture, and this lazy person's got a great imagination. I mean, he's not short in imagination. He's not short in articulation either, because he's, he's imagining probably this lion, and it might have only been next door's cat, but he's allowed the problem to kind of exaggerate into this huge thing that it's a big deal. And sometimes we allow things when we ponder on them to grow and grow and grow, rather than when we focus on God, the problems shrink and shrink and shrink. Yeah. So it's all about, always about focus. It's about perspective. But it be, can become about paranoia that this is against me. This is the obstacle. This makes this impossible what God has called us to do. The lion was, if not imagined, it was probably an exaggeration of the problem, and he was allowing it to get in his way. Solomon goes on to say in, in Proverbs 26, 13, the lazy person claims there's a lion on the road. Yes, I'm sure there's a lion out there. So he's convincing himself. Next verse, as a door swings back and forth on its hinges, so the lazy person turns over in bed. What a, what a graphic picture that is. <laughs> As the door swings back and forth on its hinges, the lazy person turns over. I'll just turn over. I don't want to deal with that now. I don't, to, I don't want to be involved in that now. I'll postpone it, leave it for another day. You know, laziness can be a great lion inventor, it can be a lion maker. If we don't want to do something, we find reasons not to do it. What a shame to miss out in everything that God has for us. What a shame not to grasp and seize opportunities and, and, and be all that God has called us to be. Laziness was a lion maker. Let me give you just couple of points from wisdom this is what wisdom says and this is what we keep coming back to what is wisdom actually saying to us in this book but that's relevant for today the first one is this wisdom says comfort is not our goal here's the thing but for the christian the object of our lives is not to be comfortable you might need to think about that for a moment I believe that we should provide for our families. I believe that we should think about our futures, perhaps retirement or whatever. Absolutely. But in life, comfort for the Christian is not our goal. The object of our life is not to make ourselves comfortable. You know, somebody has said, and it's not me, so don't get offended, but somebody has said that the church is to comfort the dist- they disturbed and disturb the comfortable. Think about that. Object of our lives is not to be comfortable. It's to live for God. It's to be significant. It's to make a difference. It's to impact our communities, to see change. It's to take the gospel. It's to see lives transformed by the power of God. The object of our lives is not to be comfortable to the exclusion of everything else. It's to live the best we possibly can for Jesus. It's like when we see those beautiful pictures, maybe see it on TV, of of birds just being born into the nest and they're getting fed by the mum and they're just chirping away and it, it looks pretty much pretty idyllic it looks absolutely amazing but you know the ra- reality of it is those birds were never born to stay in those nests that nest those birds were born to fly and it's the same for us. You know, we were not born just to be in church on a Sunday, feel better and go away and live exactly the same. No, we were born to be to fly, to soar, to be all that God's called us to do. We're not born to just sat there, pastor, feed me, life group leader, look after me. Yeah, we want to do all of those things. We take responsibility to do that, but it's the. Equip you. It's to strengthen you. It's to help you. To support you. It's to encourage you. It's to enable and empower you to live well for God. Because the nest is not where it's at. The nest is only temporary. The nest is just on a Sunday morning or whatever. It's just on a Thursday evening or afternoon in the life group. It's you no. Know, the rest of the time, twenty-four-seven, it's flying. It's all about flying. It's doing well. It's going great for God. It's being all that God has called us to be. That's what it's really about. Wisdom says comfort is not our goal. If you think about it, there's nothing about the gospel that's comfortable. I actually can't think anything about the gospel that's comfortable. Because Jesus did not have a comfortable experience. He left the comforts, if we can put it this way, of heaven, to be incarnated. And that was messy and painful. Yeah. It wasn't tidy. It wasn't comfortable. It wasn't easy. He had to give everything. His very life, messy, uncomfortable painful. But why did he do it? He did it because his purpose. He knew what his the cause was. He knew what he was called to do, and that was to do the father's will. So he was said, whatever it takes, I'm going to be I'm going to do that. And he came to be the savior of the world, my savior, your savior. He left the comforts of heaven and to be incarnated. And you know, Day by day, God's wanting to incarnate us in the sense that God wants to place us in the world. There are times it might be messy. At times it might be difficult. At times it might be a bit painful. At times it might be a struggle. At times it might be disappointing and discouraging. But we're supposed to be there because we're not supposed to be in the nest. We're supposed to be in amongst people, making a difference, seeing the transform, see what the power of God can do, see what the love of God can do when it impacts lives. Gospel's not comfortable. Absolutely. Gospel's not an easy message. Jesus gave everything, and he expects the same from us. He wants our, our very lives. That, that, that's not comfortable. That's just not an easy sort of Sunday, I'll go to church, there's more to it, much more to it than that. It's not a comfortable message. Wisdom says comfort is not our goal. If we stay indoors because there's a lion out there, what we're going to miss out on. If we live easy and tidy and comfortable, that's not what God's called us to. Something higher, something bigger, something better, something that costs a lot, but he's paid the ultimate price. The purpose of our lives is not comfort. It's that Jesus would be glorified. Purpose of our life is not custom. Wisdom says our lives are to be lived for God's glory. If you were living, if, you're alive, you're alive. If you were listening, if, I know you're alive, thanks. If you were listening, earlier, we sang a song that's just one of our songs, Ruth written, about living for his glory. Think it's, don't let that just be another song. Think about the words. Think about what that actually means, that we're actually, yeah, I'm not living for myself, I'm not just living from a family and that's a worthy cause and that we do provide for families and and look after families, of course. But no, I'm living for his glory. I'm living for his glory. How do you live for God's glory? Well, you live like Jesus lived. You have the same attitude that Jesus had. It says in Philippians 2, 4, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude attitude that christ jesus had that's how you live for god's glory we live like jesus we look out for others we consider others before ourselves we want to do the father's will Whatever it costs, whatever it takes. Yeah, this might not be easy. It might the times not be that comfortable. But we're committed to this. You know, Christ is enough. You know, I'm, I'm there. I'm living for God. I'm going to do whatever it takes. There's no turning back for me. I'm sticking with this because I've decided I'm going to follow Jesus. And so I'm in this. I'm committed to this. It's all about His glory. And if my life's going to mean anything, I want it to count towards His glory. Because that's what it's all about. It's not about comfort. It's not about easy life. Keep your head down. Don't bother anybody. No, we call it something bigger than that. To reach people with a life-changing message of Jesus. Another thing wisdom says, remember, life is brief. really thought I'd cheer you up this morning. Life is brief. None of us live... In this body, on this earth, for that long really, life is brief. So if life is brief, I don't want to waste it. If life is brief, I don't want to come to the end of my life thinking, I wish, I wish, I wish. No, live it. Life's to be lived. Life, life is, can be fun. Most of the time, it can be hard. Very often, as well, it can be difficult. But life is to be lived, and absolutely live it full on. Don't live part way. You know, don't 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 live don't, don't live on half throttle. Live it full throttle. Yeah. Let's live life to the absolute full. Let's live the life we be, possibly better can, be the best we possibly can. Romans twelve eleven says this, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. It's a great word, that. Enthusiasm is something that is catching. It's contagious. And it can't really be faked that well. Because if you're enthusiastic, you keep being enthusiastic. You keep going. You don't quit. We've got many examples in this church that people who are enthusiastic about the kingdom of God and have been for many, many years, that enthusiasm hasn't waned because they've committed to serving God no matter what, whatever it takes. Life is short, but hey, life might be short, but God's big. And God's got a big life for you to live. So we're not living a small life, a quiet, comfortable life. No, we're out there. We're living as big as we possibly can because God has called us to that. We're making bold and outrageous um, Attempts at doing great things for God because that's what God's called us to do. You know, don't be the kind of Christian who says, well, I'll get around to serving God. It's a bit difficult at the moment. This season of my life, I've got this happening, I'm busy. And, and uh, you know, when the kids are, are grown up and, uh, and that, you know, we're on our own, then oh perhaps when we retire, I'll have a bit more time. Listen, we've got, if you do that, you probably will never get around to it. Yes, there are different seasons of our lives and things change and God reassigns us and, and all that th- kind of things happen. But let me tell you, if you haven't got time for God now, please make time because it's the value. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And keep on giving God time. We have some enthusiastic, committed teenagers that work hard in this church. We have, some, we have even enthusiastic, committed octogenarians that work hard in this church. And the rest of us are somewhere in between because we love God. We love to serve him because life's short. I'm going to make a difference with this life. I might not be well known or famous. That doesn't actually matter. It doesn't count the can of beans as far as God is concerned about being famous. It's about making Jesus famous, not us famous, not the church famous, him famous. It's about being significant and making a difference. This community relies on busy people who make time to serve God. So people with time on their hands, it's people who make time. And that's what makes a difference. So thank you, thank you, thank you, all of those who do. You know, a Christian, these, these is, this is a phrase a Christian should never be heard saying. I've done my bit. I've done my bit. It's someone else's turn. You cannot say that as a Christian, right? You show me how you can say that in the Bible. You just absolutely can't. Because while you've got breath, there is something that we can do to serve God to make a difference. Yeah. Absolutely can be. Absolutely can be. So, we, yeah, we might need to uh, put one thing down. But if you want to put one thing down, it's all, that's okay if you pick something else up. Because we need to refocus, we need to realign, we, we need to be reassigned to do something different. But we can't just quit because the cause is too great. We can't just quit, we can't give up because of frustration or annoyance with somebody. We, we don't actually have that option because we're supposed to serve God wholeheartedly. Lion, What lion? I'm going to serve God with all that I have. It's absolutely what we are called to be. This is what it's about. You think about the story of David and Goliath, and we know how that ended. This little guy throws a stone and and, and kills this big, ugly giant. We know how that works, right? But the reality was, for 40 days, uh, David's brothers, his bigger, stronger, older brothers, more experienced brothers, more mature brothers, watched this big, ugly giant intimidate The entire nation, David comes along and said, whoa, this this isn't right. This is not going to, this can't happen. This is not going to continue. Get a couple of stones. I'm going to deal with that sucker. He's coming down. And that's what David did. So while everyone else was waiting, and I don't know if you thought about that, when God's calling us to do something for him, when God's really putting that on our life, other people are waiting for you to do it. It might be the difference if your fam- in your family if you take that step of faith. If you step out in faith and say, yes, I belong to Jesus, I'm going to serve him, you will inspire other people. So what we're waiting for, we need to do that, we need to be examples, we need to take the lead. Don't wait for 40 days and be intimidated intimidated intimidated. That lion walking up and down outside your front door is there to intimidate you. But God's here to empower you, to strengthen you, to be all that you've called to be. Life is for living. Wisdom says life is brief, but I'm really going to live this life the best that I possibly can. Wisdom says I won't make excuses. Wisdom says I won't get too comfortable. Wisdom says in God's name I'm stepping out into that street, lion or no lion. I'm going for it because God says God's called me to that. We're not going to allow that to happen. You know, nothing worth having comes easily. We are rejoicing right now that we're about to move into our new building which is what God promised us but also what God told us us to do. And for some of us this has been a very long journey. For many of you, for it's been a long, long journey. But you know there was a time, there was a moment in time when we could have opted out, but there was a moment in time when we said, No, this is what God's called us to do. We're going to do it. And it's not just for our benefit, it's for the benefit of people who don't yet know that we're going to do it. It's for the benefit of people who don't yet know Jesus. It's for the benefit of people who are going to have lives changed and going to be helped and, and transformed and, and it, it we're going to take this step. Was it easy? No. Is it easy now? Absolutely not. It's difficult. It's, it, there's been times of, uh, of disheartening times. There's been incredibly challenging times. But no, God said it. God's told us to do it. So there we go. So what God's calling you to do might seem a small thing to somebody and a huge thing to you. Let me tell you, if God's calling you to do it, go for it it will give you the strength, he'll give you the enablement to do that. Absolutely no question about it. I'm looking forward, are you looking forward to the video update next, next week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a story of faith. It's a story of faith. When I'm talking about lions, you know, you've kind of got images in your mind, haven't you? You, you, You've got you're thinking about different things, childish things, perhaps the other things. I've seen a lion somewhere on on a safari or in Blackpool Zoo or something. You're thinking of you've even got songs. That's just me again, isn't it? So you're thinking three lines on the shirt, "Jules Rimet, still dream." You know, fifty years of hurt. You've you've got that in your mind. Some of you are thinking, whim away. You you are. You are. You are. are. I don't even know what that means, right? But you're thinking, this lion's not sleeping. This lion's a big, ugly obstacle, a big, ugly adversary, a big, ugly intimidation. But God says, in his strength, we can do it. When you think of lions in the Bible, you think of Daniel in the lion's den. He's placed there and God protected him. But there's also another story that's very, probably much less known about a man in the Old Testament who was one of David's mighty men. And in, um, we've got the scripture, 2 Samuel 23, it says this. There was also Benaiah, son of... Jehudiah, a valiant warrior from Kabzil. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. This guy is the tall antithesis easy for me to say, of the store, the lazy man. He's the opposite of the lazy man. The lazy man's hiding in his house with the door locked, Peering through the curtains. But this guy, Beniah chased the lion into the pit and killed it. Why would you do that? It's in the pit. It can't get out. It's not going to harm anybody. Because he saw it as a God-given opportunity to achieve something in God. And that's the kind of thing we're talking about. People are prepared to be audacious and absolutely go for all that God has called us to do. Now it's a bank holiday weekend. If you go to Blackpool Zoo, don't go in the lion enclosure, starting chasing lions. And when it's on the front of the Lancashire Telegraph, say, my pastor said I should be a lion chaser. (laughs) Don't do it. But in life, in life, there are many things that would seek to intimidate us, to stop us being all that God's called us to be. We can't allow that to happen. Because in God's strength, you can be all that God's called you to be. In God's strength, you can see that lion as a harmless pussycat. It's not coming at you. It can't, it mustn't, you mustn't allow it to intimidate you because we're bigger than that. Purpose of life is not to be comfortable. It's to bring honor and glory to God. Life is short, but our God is so big we're going to live this life. We're going to live the best that we possibly can. We're going to serve God wholeheartedly. You know, at the end of my life, I want it to be said that he served God wholeheartedly. I want it to be said, I want to think myself, you know, I want to think I didn't leave something undone. And I I have, um, there will be things I should have done. But I want to do the best I possibly can. So let's not be in condemnation. Let's let's be a problem to us. But let's say, God, I am determined. I'm not the lazy man who makes excuses for doing nothing for all sorts of different reasons. Because they don't actually amount to anything compared to the honor and the privilege and the responsibility to serve God with all we have. Discover more about us at lifelangs.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.